Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Do public accommodations laws apply to churches? Do churches have to observe non-discrimination laws as far as who can attend their services? This is a rather uh, novel concept, but I think it's one that's going to sneak up on Americans. Our guest today, Christiana Holcomb, Legal Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom out of Washington, D.C., and our, our topic today is a case that's pending against uh, the authorities in Iowa, a place that you don't necessarily associate with hostility to religious freedom. Christiana, welcome to Freedom's Ring. Thank you so much for having me. So what happened in Iowa that prompted this lawsuit? Well, in answer to your initial question, our church's public accommodation, the answer is no. Never in American history have churches been considered to be subject to these public accommodation non-discrimination laws. Churches have always been free to teach their religious beliefs and to use their houses of worship in a way that's consistent with those religious beliefs. But an unelected commission in the state of Iowa has recently threatened those freedoms, uh, not just for the churches within that state, but frankly, that's a trouble precedent for, for churches nationwide. So what they have done is they have broadly interpreted their public accommodation law, their law that applies to businesses, and said, churches, we're going to treat you just like a business, like the cake shop down the street, like that for-profit entity, and we're going to regulate you um, along those lines and force you to comply with our non-discrimination standards. Well, that's all well and good until you realize what they're what they're trying to do. So this non-discrimination law includes prohibitions on making anyone feel unwelcome or uncomfortable based on their, their gender identity, their subjective perception of their gender identity, not their biological sex, which, as applied to a church, could be used to censor even what a pastor teaches from the pulpit about human sexuality and about the church's beliefs on these issues. And secondly, it bans any discrimination or any having sex-specific restrooms, locker rooms, and shower and changing facilities, which is antithetical to the church's religious beliefs about God's good design for biological sex and, you know, the need for privacy and safety in these very sensitive areas. So, again, just an unprecedented overreach by this unelected commission in the state of Iowa. So, in California, our public accommodations law talks about business establishments. Mm -hmm. What's the language in Iowa that they're saying somehow encompasses churches? Because arguably a church is not a business establishment. Correct. Well, in Iowa, they talk about public accommodations, but they define it very, very vaguely. So essentially, it's any entity that opens its doors to the public, that serves the public in any way, either for a fee or, according to the language of the statute, gratuitously for free. And what's particularly troubling is that this Iowa commission issued a brochure that said when churches hold worship services that are open to the public, they fall under this law. They must comply with the requirements of the Civil Rights Act. I don't think I have ever heard of a church whose worship services 
were not open to the public. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's kind of like, well, I'm not really sure what you're going for here other than comprehensively covering every church in the state of Iowa by this law. It's just an unprecedented overreach by the state. We had an interesting case some years ago. One of our boarding academies, our Seventh-day Adventist boarding academies, had expelled an African-American student for certain conduct that was inconsistent with the school rules. And, you know, schools do do that. Well, the student brought a race discrimination case, which ultimately, you know, they lost. But I can see here where if someone was not admitted into church membership who was African-American or Hispanic or gay, and they said that it was because of my being black or my being gay instead of because maybe they didn't share the beliefs or live up to the, the teachings of the church, uh, now you're gonna, they're going to be able to sue the church because they were deprived of church membership? I think that's a, an excellent point. So what the state of Iowa has essentially done is open the door to all of these frivolous lawsuits against churches. Even if the church ultimately wins, it still has lost something and having to detract from ministry, detract from reaching out and serving its community in order to defend itself against these baseless lawsuits. But I think the even bigger picture here and the, and the even more important point is that the government has no business making those decisions. The government should have no um, no say whatsoever in the criteria that a church sets and who can become a member and what the church teaches, what the church even believes about certain issues, even if they are are current, hot, you know, cultural issues that are up for debate. That's just not the government's role. It should have no input into these matters. Well, it sounds to me like the best legal constitutional arguments remaining are really under uh, the Establishment Clause. You know, there's been a lot of criticism of the way the concept of separation of church and state has been applied. But to me, this is a very clear example of where we need the separation of church and state. That's exactly right. You know, if Jefferson's wall of separation between church and state has any meaning, it really is to protect the church from these types of intrusions by the state. Well, I think it, at base, it contemplates the fact that religion is not a proper subject for legislation, and the church has to be free of excessive government entanglement and control. The, the state has no business telling the church, you know, how to operate or who can be a member or anything like that. You're exactly right. And the Supreme Court has said again and again and again that churches have to be free to teach their beliefs and to operate their houses of worship in a way that's consistent with those beliefs. It's a principle of church autonomy. And the, the Supreme Court has consistently said that it simply is not the jurisdiction of the state to interfere with those internal matters of church governance. And frankly, that's exactly what the state of Iowa is attempting to do uh, in, and to intrude into Iowa churches. And so that's why Alliance Defending Freedom filed a federal lawsuit to stop this unconstitutional intrusion. Now, as we were talking before the show, you told me that rather than acknowledge that they were overreaching, Iowa is doubling down and they have filed vigorous opposition to your lawsuit. That's exactly right, yeah. What is it that they're claiming 
why do they claim the right to to take this position? What, what's their argument? Yeah, it's absolutely appalling. So contrary to the public statements that they made to the media that, oh, we would never apply this law to a church. No, contrary to that, in their legal filings to the court, they have essentially said, no, we absolutely have the right to apply this public accommodation law to churches and to determine what activities of a church are sufficiently religious or are not sufficiently religious to fall within the scope of this law. They have analogized churches to businesses. They even pointed to the the Masterpiece Cake Shop case uh, there in Colorado. Uh, you and your listeners may be familiar with Jack Phillips and the fact that he's fighting a rights of conscience case even right now, trying to defend his freedom to only bake cakes consistently with his faith. But a for-profit cake bakery is a far cry from a church when it comes to First Amendment protection. So it's, a, again, just absolutely appalling that the state of Iowa is trying to conflate the two. Wow. Well, I think it's very important for Americans to realize the extent of the attack on religious freedom and that these public accommodations laws really do pose a threat. Now, here in California, we had a very good decision several years ago in a case brought against a Lutheran high school. Mm -hmm. And we were all worried that the courts here in very liberal California would get it wrong. But the appellate court said that the religious high school was not subject to the public accommodations laws. And that was a very, very important decision. But apparently, that kind of approach may not hold up. No, I think you're exactly right. But if the courts in the state of Iowa look to very clear Supreme Court precedent, I am very confident that they will rule in favor of the churches of Iowa and religious freedom. Well, I certainly hope you're right. I am never overly confident that the judges are going to get it right. We tend to settle an awful lot of cases precisely because of the risk of a jury or a judge deciding the outcome, and you, you just never know what you're going to do. Uh, you know, we thought we had a, an open and shut case in out of Salt Lake City recently, and the court ruled against us, and now we're going up on appeal. So, <laughs> And I know, you know, all of us who have been practicing law for any length of time, we've we've seen this over and over and over again. So... Um, I certainly hope that you're right, and I hope the courts get it right. Now, is Iowa an isolated instance, or uh, you know, are there concerns that other states are going to follow Iowa's lead? Well, Iowa is the first state that I'm aware of that has openly and blatantly attempted to apply its public accommodation law to churches. But there are a few other states that we are becoming aware of that uh, may tendency towards a similar interpretation. So we're we're doing some investigation, doing some research, and you may see similar types of suits pop up in other parts of the country as well. Well, this notion that a church could somehow come under the regulation of the state for non-discrimination laws, this is just quite an appalling concept to me. And and I guess it reflects a, a broader kind of the, the secular shift in society is is really starting to be very disrespectful to the role of religion. No, you're exactly right. It's becoming an increasingly hostile culture, but that's why it's so important 
to have churches like Fort Des Moines Church of Christ, which is our client in the Iowa case, and other believers across the country taking a stand because not only are their individual freedoms at stake here, but our collective freedoms are at stake as well. It's important that we continue to fight and advance uh, these freedom principles for the common good. Well, and I think, too, you know, one of the takeaways here, Christiana, is the importance for our listeners of supporting religious freedom organizations, whether it's yours, whether it's ours, or somebody else's, you know, that we all need to find organizations that are doing good work to protect religious freedom and and participate, because uh, this is this is really at risk. Our freedoms really are on the line. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Your listeners are welcome to visit adflegal.org to learn more about the work that we do, the clients we represent, and the cases that we've filed. Well, and ADF, I think, is, is involved in many, many religious freedom issues that our listeners are going to be interested in. And, and, and we've had a number of guests from ADF on Freedom's Ring over the years, and, and pleased to do so. Our topic today has been sermons on biblical sexuality illegal in Iowa. Sermons can be illegal. Sermons could be discriminatory. Uh, yes, it is true as the Iowa Civil Rights Commission has interpreted their laws. Our guest, Christiana Holcomb, legal counsel for Lions Defending Freedom. Christiana, thank you so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk the talk about religious freedom. We offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. And Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rynock. Till next week, let freedom ring.